1: From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Ariana Prale in Fermina Kim. The maternal mortality rate for black mothers is nearly three times that of white mothers nationwide. These numbers are leading many African-American families to seek the services of doulas, care which has been shown to improve birth outcomes. To mark World Doula Week, we'll talk with black doulas about their work, the costs of racism in American health care, and about why some are wary of California's efforts to regulate the profession. But first, we'll reflect on this week's hearings for the first black woman Supreme Court nominee, Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson, hearings that many times rose to meet the serious of the historic occasion, but at times also devolved into disturbing displays of political theater and race mongering by some Republicans. We'll get your reactions. That's next, after this news. This is Forum. I'm Ariana Prale in Fermina Kim. During her three days of Senate confirmation hearings this week, Supreme Court nominee Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson fielded a range of questions about her judicial philosophy, her experience as a public defender, and some not-so-subtle racist attempts to cast her as a radical. Here's a bit of Judge Jackson speaking during her opening statement.
2: I have been a judge for nearly a decade now, and I take that responsibility and my duty to be independent very seriously. I decide cases from a neutral posture. I evaluate the the facts. And I interpret and apply the law to the facts of the case before me without fear or favor, consistent
1: with my judicial oath. If confirmed, Judge Jackson would be the first black woman to sit on the high court. Here with me to talk about the hearings and what lies ahead in the confirmation process is Margaret Russell, professor of constitutional law at Santa Clara University School of Law. Welcome, Professor Russell. Good morning. So I'll begin by saying I didn't tune in to much of this week's hearings. I watched some portions, but mostly looked at clips and read some of the quotes and recaps because overall it was hard to watch the level of disrespect some of the GOP senators showed Judge Jackson, particularly as a black woman watching. I mean, Senator Tom Cotton essentially called her a liar, saying it was quote, hard to believe her answer to a question given under oath as a federal judge. On one hand, you know, it remains an undeniably inspiring moment for the change and progress that's possible in this country, right? And on the other hand, the hearings again showed us how deeply transgressive a whole wing of government officials are. So I'm curious, Professor Russell, I'm, how have you been reflecting on the week's hearings, your kind of initial reactions there?
2: I agree with you. Uh, I, I am a woman of color, a black woman, and I think that's relevant. Because of something that Cory Booker actually brought up, mm. that it has it takes so long to get to the table, not just the metaphor, but in this case, for real, that to see for the very first time in the Supreme Court's history, a black woman at the table, and talked about as um, not believable, that that mm. brings back. Mm-hmm. Uh, it brings back some very specific bits of knowledge historically about when black people's testimonies, sworn testimonies, was, on, was worth nothing.
1: Right. And I also want to take this moment to invite our listeners into the conversation as well. It's a a fairly short segment, so call in now to share your thoughts. 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Or get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum. Or email your comments to forum at kqed.org. So what stood out to you, uh, Professor Russell, about Judge Jackson throughout the process, um, again, where she was kind of in this gauntlet that was throwing anything and everything at her?
2: Well, I did spend long periods of time watching it in real time, and it was very unsettling. But I'll start with the the overall impression I had after seeing Judge Jackson Jackson grilled specifically about child pornography cases over and over and and also race, critical race theory, et cetera, I was very impressed with how composed she was. I'm not saying that she was not taking in and noticing how she was being treated, but it it actually was very familiar, and I think it can be familiar to other marginalized groups, to be in a situation and think, I'm not going to say anything right now, and I'm not going to change the expression on my face, because I know that this is the price I have to pay for this position.
1: Well, we're already getting some comments coming in. A listener writes on Instagram that they could obsess over her personal opinions in sexual crime conviction rates while ignoring Kavanaugh and Thomas's personal records is really something. Feels like Republicans are virtue signaling to people who talk about protecting women and children, but will protect and promote their abusers. And another listener writes, I find the questions embarrassingly not thought out. I'm ashamed of the intellectual level of our elected Congress people. And another listener on Instagram writes, racism runs deep in America, especially in Congress. Also, Justice Brown Jackson is the smartest. Oh, well, they say justice. I think that's but Judge Jackson is the smartest. He has some projecting there at the moment. But uh, Judge Jackson is the smartest person in the room by far. And. To speak about the racism runs deep in America um, aspect, you've written a piece on the echoes that this hearing has with former Justice Thurgood Marshall's hearings, the first black person to ever be nominated to the Supreme Court, particularly with the attempts to make Judge Jackson and uh, Justice Marshall at the time appear soft on crime, a racist trope. Can you speak about that analysis that you had?
2: Yes, so this this piece is in um, the conversation. Uh, which is available online. And uh, I first started writing it actually before the hearings had started based on what was being said about the lines of questionings that Republicans were going to pursue. And uh, two themes came up pretty strongly, the race, critical race theory, and the crime. Um, Why do you give lenient sentences? Why are you soft on crime? So um, I, I just decided to look back to Thurgood Marshall's confirmation hearings in 1967 in August, obviously not you know, available uh, uh, on, on television, is now, and they're linked to in the article, and it is really stunning that not so much has changed, even as some things have changed. For example, he was directly asked by uh, Senator Eastland, who was a Southern Democrat, a Dixiecrat, are you prejudiced against white people in the South? direct question
3: hmm.
2: he was also asked uh are you aware of the and here i'm paraphrasing of the high rate of crime and the disintegration of society what are you going to do about it so this was another question and the hostility about and phobia i think about are you anti-white really did come out pretty strongly. Um, once the hearing started, because the Republicans focused on anti-racist baby, Ted Cruz talked about this, this baby board book, and basically asked her if she subscribed to this idea of white privilege and anti-racism. It was really quite stunning. Yeah. The parallels.
1: Yeah. And the, um, yeah, the the book, yeah, bringing in the books and the critical race theory aspect, Lindsey Graham also using it uh, as this platform for his grievances of past um, hearings. And then also somehow, you know, he had a particular black woman in mind that he wanted to have seen. And then weirdly just pitting them against them or asking for her own commentary on why this person wasn't nominated. It was yeah, it was it was absolutely ridiculous in that regard. Let's go to a caller, Linda in Berkeley. Linda, you're on.
3: Hi, um, I'm Linda, and I'm, I'm a white woman. And as a white woman, I know how hard it is to get ahead in this world. I was appalled at how they were treating the black woman. She has even a harder climb. And I felt like the GOP were racist. They were sexist. They were interruptive. I also wondered about copyright infringement when Ted Cruz showed a page from that book. I'm sure the author would not approve of that. I, I was just appalled, and I think it's shameful. And I think the judge, well, I, the judge I know the judge, was under oath, and the GOP were not. So they were free to lie, and that's what I felt like it was, a lie fest. Um, that's it. I, I was just so upset.
1: Well, thanks and for sharing I'm so your... Delighted.
3: Yeah, I am just so delighted that we're having a woman of color finally on the Supreme Court. I am so excited.
1: Well, thanks for sharing your reflections with us, uh, Linda. And Professor Russell, you had mentioned Cory Booker's comments. He was one of I think a few of the Democratic senators who really forcefully rebuked some of the bullying behavior that was coming from his uh, GOP colleagues. In his closing comments, he talked about the momentous and meaningful nature of Judge Jackson's nomination that you alluded to earlier. And as he spoke, Judge Jackson reached for a tissue and seemed to wipe away tears. Let's play a little bit of his comments and then I'll get your reaction.
0: And you did
1: not get there because of some left wing agenda? He didn't get here because of some dark money groups. You got here how every black woman in America who's gotten anywhere has done by being (laughs) like Ginger Rogers said. I did everything Fred Astaire did, but backwards in heels. So, Professor Russell, um, I think that was the comment that you were alluding to earlier. What were your thoughts or feelings when you when you watched that or when you heard that? And why do you think it was significant that he he used his time to to make such statements?
2: Well, you know, I, so many people uh, have been watching this and I've, of course, been texting with friends and and making comments back and forth. And it it is remarkable what a chord that struck with people. I myself Um, understood exactly what he was talking about. Keegan Peel have this old routine about uh, one of them being an anger translator for uh, President Obama and I thought of Cory Booker as being the joy translator as well because his point was these people are not going to steal our joy. You are going to be the first black woman on the United States Supreme Court and it is long overdue and he is much more emotional, I think, than I would expect uh, a senator on that panel to be. But then, <laughs> I don't want the norm to be Cornyn or Cruz or Blackburn. I think what he was speaking from was really as you know the lone black man on the committee. He also referenced Senator Tim Scott. He said, "On the other side of the aisle, you know, uh, as a black man, he understands what the significance is." And I was very glad that he spoke up when he did. Because she had, this was after hours and hours of being asked the same um, critical questions, being cross examined. I'm glad that he saw that that needed to be said and she needed to be shored up and defended in that way.
1: We're talking about the confirmation hearings for Supreme Court nominee Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson and getting your reactions with Margaret Russell, Professor of Constitutional Law at Santa Clara University School of Law. You can still chime in 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Or get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum or email your comments to forum at kqed.org. This listener writes on Instagram, two things. One, frustration and anger over the complete disregard for the process. And two, Judge Jackson is absolutely remarkable in her poise and demeanor. The ignorance and vitriol and circus show is so far beneath her. The fact she doesn't stoop to the level of these clowns is astounding and admirable. And Eddie writes on Instagram, very surprised at the number of questions around faith and church going, etc. For a nation that touts separation of church and state as a central tenet, the hearings often felt like we live in a religious fundamentalist state. We'll have more of your reactions. I'm Ariana Prail in Fermina Kim. You're listening to FORM. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Ariana Prale in Fermina Kim. We're talking about the confirmation hearings for Supreme Court nominee Judge Katanji Brown Jackson. I'm joined by Margaret Russell, professor of constitutional law at Santa Clara University School of Law. And we've been getting some of your reactions. Uh, Noelle tweets, why are some Republican members of of the committee using QAnon child abuse theories to smear her? And another listener tweets, I found Ted Cruz's commentaries and questions extremely disturbing when he spoke about gender. He has no idea what transgender and queer people go through. Professor Russell, on the... Let's talk a little bit just about the track two confirmation now that her hearings are done. I know they're talking with legal experts and witnesses today, um, and it looks like the vote will happen on April 4th. Uh, And a new Gallup poll that came out says 58 percent of Americans think the Senate should confirm Judge Jackson, which is on par for the highest level of support, um, along with Chief Justice John Roberts, who received 59 percent. She's rated unanimously qualified by the American Bar Association, among many other endorse- endorsements. So she's still on track to be confirmed, you'd say.
2: I think that's right. I did read that uh, some of the Republicans are leaning on Manchin. Uh, and of course, if they get even one Democrat uh, and don't uh, lose any Republicans, that will be a problem. But I, th- I think she is on track to be confirmed which to me makes it all the more striking a, 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 to see the vitriol directed in the questions. Because, as many people have said, it shows that there was grandstanding to their base and also on TV. But what shocks me is that this would actually look good to anyone. Um, it, it's, it's very uncivil. I, I'm somebody trained as a lawyer who always thinks, okay, well, what's the counter argument? And yes, it is true that Democrats are rough on Republican nominees. But this was different in a couple of ways. One was the preoccupation with race and crime, connecting it to race. And then another was uh, she had no room to emote. Kavanaugh and Thomas got furious uh, and that wasn't a problem. But I think if she had really displayed anything close to strong emotion, then it would have played into some stereotype of black women being angry and that would have detracted from her supporters.
1: And I want to get your opinion as a professor who obviously invested in, you know, students learn education and being able to see and witness our hearings, for example, um, just as a public. Senator Ben Sass had commented that the presence of cameras has influenced, negatively influenced the hearings. Um, and he seemed to be referring to Senator Cruz's questioning of Judge, judge Jackson, of course, Lindsey Graham and um, Josh Hawley. What's your take on that in terms of you know, obviously the service of the public deserving to see this, but then what it's done in terms of how some just take advantage of it to just completely uh, warp the process.
2: It has had a damaging effect. And and I am very much a, a open-the-courtroom, transparency kind of person. But what it's done with the Senate hearings is take a short phrase in the Constitution, advise and consent, the Senate shall advise and consent, and has spun into a set of rules and proceedings that uh, that are circus-like. And none of that is required by the Constitution or the rules of the Senate.
1: Well, we have a couple more comments. Robert writes, don't leave out the -the off-the-charts hypocrisy of Lindsey Graham complaining about treatment of Republican Supreme Court nominees, given his lies justifying why Merrick Garland would not have a hearing and then turning around to expedite votes for Amy Coney Barrett. A listener writes, as a former Republican, I was horrified by the outrageous behavior of the GOP members this week. Judge Jackson was clearly the classiest person in the room, and her composure under such stress serves as a stellar example for all candidates, nay, all Americans, moving forward. I eagerly anticipate watching her career in the future, uh, Professor Russell. Uh, just as we we wrap up here, I'm just curious your kind of closing thoughts as we as we move ahead in this process, and it's likely see her confirmation. Uh, just what this what this means to you to see uh, her nomination and likely confirmation.
2: Well, I look forward to it. And I'm glad to hear comments from a a broad range of people who have called in who've just noticed how poorly she was treated. And I think what that shows is that perhaps there's more empathy, um, to use another negative word for the Republicans, that if if people listening are, are really identifying with her and thinking it took so long for her to get where she got and look how she's being treated, I think that's... You know, that's a step forward to have that level of understanding and insight.
1: Margaret Russell, professor of constitutional law at Santa Clara University School of Law. Thanks so much for sharing your reflections with us this morning. Thank you. And thanks to our listeners as well. Uh, We'll be back in a moment to talk about doulas in California.